Yeah, last week I began a new series on identity, and I posed the question that Jesus asked his disciples, who do you say I am? Today I want to carry on with that same portion of scripture, um, and looking at, at identity, who do you say that I am, but, and its relevance for us today. Sorry, I just forgot something. Hmm. Is it magazine? This week, I get the, the Evangelical Alliance send out this magazine to us, and um, God is our identity. Is the magazine? That's the the, the, the magazine is all about identity this month. And I just think God's saying something that this is what came through after the week after we had started the the, the course today at Christchurch, just across the way. Um, Doug, who's just been inaugurated as the vicar there is speaking about who do you say that I am. He announced it on Tuesday when we were there for his induction, whatever it's called. It's got some fancy title, but he's now the new vicar. And uh, it was just amazing to hear, this is what God's saying. Who do you say that I am? Identity. Looking at our identity. I just thought that would be interesting. Last week I shared a lot about my life growing up and how my identity was influenced by people around me. Um, Mine was a positive experience, and I know that not everyone is blessed to have had such an experience like mine growing up, that there are some of you here whose experience of growing up was something that I would have hated to have gone through. And I'm just so grateful that you are here, that God has done something in your life. And doing this Freedom in Christ course is going to help those that, who have gone through difficult times and maybe haven't dealt with everything, this course is going to help you in getting set free from those things. So if your life wasn't always a positive experience growing up, God is able to change that. So today I want to revisit the same passage of Scripture and see how it is relevant to the way we live our lives today. But we're reading two more verses at the end. So we're reading Matthew 16, verses 13 to 19. Am I in the way here? I need to move over then then people can see what's going on. It's much easier if I stand here and you can see that. Um, It's not about me what you can hear. Matthew 16, 13 to 19. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, two questions. Firstly, who do people say the Son of Man is? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And it's interesting, if you look at those three people, their different roles and functions, Jesus fulfilled all of those. You see what they were known for. He fulfilled all of those. Notice they did not reply, Jesus, we don't know who other people say you are. Instead, they told Jesus what they heard. 
They'd heard that some say you're John the Baptist, others say you're Elijah, and still others say you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Now let's fast forward to our time today. Who do people say the Son of God is? Would it be fair to say that most people living around us have no idea who Jesus really is? According to Wikipedia, the 2009 British Social Attitudes Survey, which covers Great Britain but not Northern Ireland, indicated that over 50% would self-classify as not religious at all. 19.9% were part of the Church of England, 9.3% non-denominational Christians, 8.6% Catholic, 2.2% Presbyterian Church of Scotland, 1.3% Methodist, 0.53% Baptist, 1.17% other Protestants, 0.23 United Reformed Church Congregationals, 0.06% Free Presbyterian, and 0.03% Brethren Christians, and 0.41% Other Christians. In a 2016 survey conducted by British Social Attitudes on religious affiliation, 53% of respondents indicated no religion, and 41% indicated they were Christians, while 6% affiliated with non-Christian religions, Islam, Hinduism, Judaism, Sikhism, etc. So 53% were no religion. So it's hard to believe that in this nation that sent so many missionaries to so many countries around the world that this is true. So if you're a believer, it's you a minority in this nation. As Christians, we are the majority as, as believers, but we're a minority overall as, as believers, as Christians. So why did Jesus ask this question, who do other people say that I am? He may have asked the question in order to lead into his second question, which is, who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? Now, what real difference does it make who I say Jesus is, especially when we are so outnumbered by those who wrongly think about Jesus? It turns out that knowing who Jesus really is makes a bigger difference than we might think. Who do you say I am? Jesus asked his disciples. Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. 2,000 plus years later, plus minus, Jesus asked the same question. Who do you say I am? Who do you believe I am? Like Peter, do I believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God? Do you believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God? It turns out from what Jesus is about to say to Peter that I am really blessed if I know and believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. This is what Jesus said to Peter and to everyone else who believes Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So just how really blessed am I if I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God? Firstly, if I believe that Jesus is the Christ, 
the Son of the living God, then God has revealed it to me. He's revealed it to me. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. If I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, then I can say I've heard from God. I've heard from God. I've heard God speak to me when he reveals that to us. I I share something in common with Abraham, Moses, Joshua, Isaiah, Daniel, Peter, Paul, and every other great man and woman of the faith. Like them, I too have heard from God. You have heard from God if you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Nobody can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him and I'll raise him up on the last day. John 6, 43. Jesus said that. Nobody can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, 3. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. John 15, 16. God has chosen us. God has called us, and we've heard him, and we've responded to him. If I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, then I've been specially chosen by God to receive the revelation of who Jesus really is. It's a free offer to everyone, but we need to choose to receive it and believe it. But doesn't everyone believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God? People say that. But we can see by the the statistics that are are quoted, not everyone does. The minority of people believe in this nation. If you believe as I believe, then we are blessed by God. Secondly, if I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son, the living God, then it shows that Jesus is still building his church today. He's still building his church today. Verse 18, I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. The rock of the truth that that Peter had spoken to Jesus not Peter the rock, as some people try to interpret it, because Petrus, the, the Greek word, is small. It's a pebble. It's not a rock. So it couldn't have been built on the pebble. Because that's who Petrus was. He was a pebble. He wasn't the rock. The truth of who Jesus is. Jesus is the rock. Jesus is building his church entirely of those who believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Only those who believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, are part of Jesus' church. According to our text, the first member of the church was Peter, because he is the first person to recognize who Jesus really is. He spoke out. Peter was not perfect. That's what I love about God. He chooses those who are not perfect. And Peter at one point denied even knowing Jesus. Not once, not twice, but three times he denied that he was a follower of Jesus. This is Peter, one of the great apostles, one of the foundations of the church. He denied that he knew Jesus, that he was one of his disciples. Not once, not twice, but three times. Peter messed up many more times than that. And it's been known to be said of Peter that he often engaged his mouth before he engaged his brain. 
and he would hear, his, hear himself saying things that uh, just weren't really what he should have been saying. He was hot-headed, he was impulsive, but he was one of God's chosen disciples, one of Jesus' close disciples, one of the three that spent time with Jesus. Peter was not perfect, and yet it was Peter on the day of Pentecost who stood up and told who Jesus really was, and on that day 3,000 were added to the church, added to their number. Peter did not add the 3,000. It was Jesus who added them to the church through Peter. Jesus added you and me to the church, and he wants to use you and me to add others to the church. That's part of our role and our responsibility, to make disciples. Make disciples who will make disciples who will make disciples. Thirdly, if I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, then the gates of hell can't overcome me. If we carry on reading verse 18, and I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Jesus knows that everyone who believes that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God, will be targeted by the enemy. Somebody using the hand dryer. <laughs> yeah. Where was Jesus when he said all of this to his disciples? He was in the region of Caesarea Philippi when he said all this to them. And now the region of Caesarea Philippi was known for being a major center for emperor worship. The emperor was worshipped in that area. So it's no surprise that Peter was the first one to be targeted by the enemy. Luke twenty-two thirty-one, Simon, Simon his name before Jesus called him Peter, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. This was before Jesus denied, uh, before Peter denied that he knew Jesus. Jesus said to him, Satan has asked that he could sift you as wheat. What does Satan ask God's permission to? to do, to be allowed to do to us. Satan can touch us, but he can't triumph over us. We look at Job, the story of Job as well. It's the same thing. He can touch us, but he can't triumph over us. Jesus, the Christ, the Son of the living God, is more than able to help us overcome the devil. One of my favorite verses, and it's a verse that so often is not quoted in full, and it needs to be is James 4, 7. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Submit yourselves then to God. So often that portion is left out. People just say, resist the devil and he will flee from you. But if you're not submitted to God, he doesn't have to. And he won't do it. Because he has authority. And then finally, if I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, then miracles will happen. Verse 19, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Who holds the keys to seeing the miraculous happen? Who holds the keys to seeing the miraculous happen? I will give... You, 
the keys. That's Jesus speaking to us, to you, to me. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Jesus gives the keys of the kingdom of heaven to every person who truly believes that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. We hold the keys to seeing the miraculous happen. That's quite, quite an awesome thing to realize. We hold the keys. What are we supposed to do with those keys? With those keys, we are to bind things on earth, and with those keys, we are to loose things on earth and in heaven. Loose and bind, set things free. What kind of things do we need to see bound on earth? The works of Satan, the effects of sin, evil behavior, addictions, broken homes, broken lives, knife crime that we pray into every week, gangsterism, indifference to the things of God. These are the things that we hold the keys to be able to break those. We can speak into those areas and declare the presence and the power of God, the kingdom of God, into those areas. We have the keys. Why do we not see these things happen? Often we don't believe Jesus can do it through us. We don't pray about it, and we don't pray into them. So often we doubt that we can be used by God. I want to tell you today, don't doubt. Believe. Believe that you are able to do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You don't have the power. You release the power. The power is still God's, but he chooses to use us. He's chosen to use you and me to see the kingdom of heaven come on earth. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. We'll speak a little bit more about that next week, about thy kingdom come, the, the initiative that Justin Welby and, uh, has set up that we want to see in happening across this nation. It is happening, but we'll talk a bit more about that next week. What kinds of things do we need to see loosed on earth? Holiness, spiritual freedom, salvation, the blessings of God, miraculous signs, healings, lives changed. That's what we want to see loosed on earth. People coming to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So do you believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God? If you do, are the effects of believing this being outworked in your life? If they aren't, ask Jesus today to help you through the power of the Holy Spirit to see all that God has given to us released through us. Okay? We hold the keys of the kingdom. God has given you the keys. Put your hands out. Each one of you. Just put your hands out. Put your hands out in front of you. And let's just say, thank you, Jesus, that you have given me the keys of the kingdom. They are in my hands to be used to see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. I hold these keys and I hold the authority and the power that you give me 
and I declare that I will use them to see your kingdom come and see your power released on this earth today and into the future. Thank you, Jesus, that you entrust me to do this. Thank you. Amen.